You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another special edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore. And Jackson, signing day is finally here. And today we're going to find out exactly everyone that Fresno State uh, has gotten on the board and who has signed up until this point. Uh, but it's uh, it's an exciting time for the Bulldogs to see what the future is going to be like, right? Yeah, and a time when we don't really know for sure what the future is going to be <laughs> with Coach Tedford and, I mean, Coach Skipper did such a great job in the bowl game. It far exceeded my expectations with what the team was able to do. So, I mean, there's a lot that's up in the air, but what doesn't seem to be up in the air is Fresno State's recruiting class. I mean, they've not had one decommitment through all this. Uh, as we're speaking now on the morning of signing day, They've already had 14 of the 16 signatures come in and looks like they should secure everyone. So, I mean, so far so good. Coach Skipper has been able to keep it afloat and it's a really fun recruiting class. I mean, eight locals from the Valley are in this class, 50%. I mean, you don't see that happen in a Fresno State class. So, I mean, it's a, a quality group, some guys that turned down Power 5 offers and guys we've got to see play in high school. So I'm really excited about this class and to, to break it all down. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun uh, podcast today, as always. Uh, every year, this seems to be one of our po- most popular podcast episodes, as we cover the latest recruiting for Fresno State. And like Jackson said, there's a lot of va- variables up in the air right now. One of which is finding out whether or not Coach Tedford will be returning, which could ultimately affect recruiting and players stick sticking with the team. Uh, but right now the consensus is so far is that Tedford will be returning next season. Um, unless something happens from now until then, because we have not heard anything as, uh, as we did expected to hear right after the bowl game, right Jackson. So right now we're kind of, we're in limbo just like everybody else. Yeah. And they said, what we heard from Coach Skipper before the bowl was that he was the coach until the bowl, and then they'd see what happens, kind of thing. And the bowl has passed, and, and here we are. Has happened. It's kind of, <laughs> but I had a good hunch that this is how it was going to play out. I don't think we're going to hear anything official for probably quite some time, unless uh, unless it goes the other way, where Coach Tedford's not coming back. I mean, if that happens, that news needs to become public, and they need yeah. to move forward very quickly. Um, if it's still in limbo, you know. It could drag on a while. I could see it happening and kind of wait and see if he's good to go or if Skipper kind of picks up the flag and for at least a season or yeah. if there's a full transition. So, you know, the public messaging has been that Tedford was gone through the bowl and that he'd come back. I'm still still <laughs> waiting, waiting for him to, to come see back. <laughs> if, if, if that is exactly what's going to happen or not. But um, I think what we saw on Saturday at least was uh, very – confidence boosting that if Tedford does not come back that the Bulldogs have a really good option to go with and coach Skipper Uh, I mean at this time of year if they had to have a coaching search it wouldn't be ideal (laughs) being so late so um, whether it's Tedford or Skipper it seems like they can move forward without much uh, change without losing much of the roster (laughs) or however this plays out and you know hopefully we do get a straight answer soon and I think this recruiting class at least is very telling that they're bought into whatever's going on. Some of the recruits have said they expect Tedford to come back. That's what they've been told. Some of the recruits 
some of them are linebackers. They committed a skipper. Uh, they <laughs> seem kind of excited. Maybe if skipper's the guy, so yeah, uh, they like him too. So uh, uh, just given everything and the uncertainty, there's a lot of positive energy and not a lot that's going wrong right now. So that's good. Well, chances are is if Tedford does decide, you know what, I need a little more time. I'm just going to take the year off. They'll just make uh, they'll just make Skipper the the head coach for at least a year in order until they get it all sorted out. Or if Tedford also decides he's not going to return at all, they might just make him the interim head coach for the year because. Let's face it, it's getting a little late in the season now to try and figure out who the next head coach is going to be. Uh, the Bulldogs can't afford to just uh, kind of do go through the whole process of posting the job and going through all the candidates and everything. More than likely, if Tedford doesn't return, we may see Tim, Tim Skipper slide into that role with the interim tag placed on him, right, Jackson? Yeah, and... I mean, you could. It could be an interim situation. Maybe he gets it if it, it's a more definitive situation. Um, again, hopefully Tedford's able to come back and thoughts and prayers with him. Hopefully he's doing okay after everything that's been going on. But um, yeah, I think you know the Mountain West this year especially has had so many coaching changes. There's been like six, and you don't want to be sixth or seventh in line after everyone else yeah. has picked who they wanted and. There's really no obvious candidate, you know, when DeRuiter got out of there, they knew pretty quickly Tedford was going to be the guy. <laughs> and when Tedford stepped down, it seemed pretty obvious Kalen DeBoer was the next pick and pretty obvious Tedford again a second time. And there's not that guy out there right now that I see. I, I mean, Skipper is the guy and he's here already. So yeah, Skipper's already doing yeah. an audition basically. <laughs> so that may be, that may be the case moving forward, but you know what? That's a whole nother show in itself hmm. where we're, that's, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and just move on to Tedford questions. Pretty sure those will get answered eventually Jackson. <laughs> we just don't know when that's going to be. Uh, so as of today, uh, right now, like you mentioned, most of the recruits that have uh, committed to Fresno State have signed with the exception of two recruits. And we'll let you know when we get to those. Uh, but uh, we're going to go ahead and break down, go through each one of these players and who is who is signing with the Bulldogs uh, on this first uh this first round of signings. And so let's go ahead and start off with a local um, player uh, out of Visalia from CVC running back Bryson Donaldson. And of course you and I had the pleasure of watching him play uh, one of those games. And uh, he, he just seemed like a, a man amongst boys, right? Jackson, especially when he took off that helmet and the, and the kid had a full grown, <laughs> full blown beard on his face. And you're looking at him going, that's a high school kid. Wow. <laughs> mm. So uh, your your assessment on Donaldson. Yeah, I mean, the, it seemed like every week I'm seeing the tweets. He's putting up these video game numbers that are just <laughs> insane. Yes. Like, all right, I got to see this guy play. <laughs> Especially, you know, he was one of the later commits for Fresno State of the locals. Uh, you know, he went on an official visit to Boston College. He went on an official visit to Boise State. Uh, he had an offer from Washington State, I believe that's correct. Yes, he had a couple of Mountain West offers, Colorado State, New Mexico, San Jose State. The Spartans were on him pretty good. So kind of felt like there was a vibe. Maybe he wasn't staying home throughout the process. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just commits to the Bulldogs and called, it says how, how much he wanted to stay home and how much he w likes the opportunity to play for Fresno State and uh, the chance to maybe play early and 
as mentioned, what we saw from him shows every indication <laughs> that he's ready to play early. And uh, to look at those stats, he ended up playing in 16 games this year, and it could have been 13 if he not performed the way we saw him perform in the right. playoff semifinals. They were down by 20 points at halftime. They were down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and they just kept handing him that ball, and he kept <laughs> making things happen. <laughs> yep. Eventually, he just kept chipping away and, and and made a game out of it, and they were able to come from behind and win that game. But, uh, I mean, Donaldson uh, in, in, in himself – He's he's a, a specimen to behold. I mean, he was he's a big boy, yeah. um, and he, he's not afraid to tell you, right, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, he likes uh, powering through. Yeah, I think he's got really good vision. That's what impressed me a bit. You know, he's not all athleticism. He's got good eyes, and he he can kind of read where he needs to go first. And again, he made the game winning score in that game. They went on to win Valley Championship. Won their state playoff game, won the state championship game, and I mean he made all the game-winning scores and touched the ball like thirty times in all of those games. And I believe he had a, a punt he pinned in the state championship game too. I mean he was just doing it all. And these stats, I mean, three hundred and two carries for three thousand two hundred and ninety-seven rushing <laughs> yards. That's two hundred and six yards a game, ten point nine per carry, forty-seven rushing touchdowns. And that's not to include 37 catches for 654 more yards and 10 touchdowns. Almost had 4,000 yards of offense. I mean, I don't care. You put me in the with a bunch of peewees, I, I might not accumulate that much stats <laughs> over 16 games. I mean, right? that's just insane. So really excited to see him be a Bulldog. Uh, they called him, I noticed when we were at the game, Beast Mode. He's got some Marshawn Lynch in him, kind of plays with that style. And you know, hopefully Coach Ted forgets to coach him because he coached the original Beast Mode at Cal, and uh, that might be a, a similar type of uh, career at Fresno State as Lynch had at Cal if that works out. Um, I think Donaldson immediately is on an even playing field with the Bulldogs' current three freshmen who Devin Rivers played, but the other two did not this year, at least on offense. So yeah. um, you've got Rivers, you got Brandon Ramirez. Both of those guys are very promising. Don't forget Charles Greer, but I think Donaldson – steps right in with those guys. He's not going to be behind by any means. And, and he's physically ready to play college football right now, other than just getting some rest from all the wear and tear from this year. Now I've, I have heard um, speculation that maybe his grades are not exactly where they need to be. Is that going to be an issue with him? Do you know any more on that? Yeah, no, he should be good. Um, he did have a, kind of a late recruiting process again. Um, you know, he took some of those visits in the summer but didn't decide on Boston College or Boise State. So uh, he signed today, should be good to go. Um, he did, you know, it's always makes it a little bit challenging when you transfer in high school. He started <laughs> off at El Diamante, I believe, his freshman year. Yeah. Got to CVC and, um, uh, I mean, just really <laughs> had a great career for the Cavaliers and um, good friends with a former El Diamante player, Marcel Aikens, who we're going to talk about in this class too. So, um, oh, he should be good to go. And um, yeah, he was a fun interview, too. He's, he's ready to play right now. <laughs> he absolutely <Yeah>. is. And <laughs> so uh, look for him to actually come in and compete right away for uh, for the Bulldogs. Um, that should be interesting. Um, 
to see just how the running uh, running game develops because, uh, let's face it, they needed a little help this year. Uh, so adding him to the mix uh, might push some of these players to, to emerge as the uh, apparent starter at Fresno State next year. Next on the uh, uh, docket here who signed, I believe signed today, right, Jackson? Mm-hmm. That would be wide receiver Marcel Saunders out of Clovis West. Now, you've had some opportunity to watch him play. Uh, I did too. Uh, didn't really get much on them. The game that I watched was, let's face it, was kind of a sloppy game. So I didn't really get to see much of the wide receiver uh, actually interact. So what uh, what can you tell us about Marcel Saunders? Yeah, Marcel Sanders, I saw him play and compete in camps. And, I mean, he's been a, a real electric athlete. That's what he brings. He's some of that Jalen Cropper in him, um, a guy that, you just kind of want to get the ball no matter what fashion it's going to be. And when I went to see them play this year as well, um, it, he almost turned into a decoy for Landon Wright. I mean, they had another D1 wide receiver to throw to in Landon Wright, and uh, he had a few touchdowns in that game while the defense was also focused on Sanders. So um, there was a little bit of that going on this year. and um, But, I mean, just – what makes him the Bulldogs' top-ranked Valley recruit, which is the case this year? We've got him at an 87 rating on 24/7 Sports. He's the number 73 recruit in California, which doesn't sound like uh, uh, all that impressive coming out of my mouth. But I mean, that's really <laughs> high for Fresno State. That's, uh, I mean, if you get to 50 at Fresno State, that's like Jalen Cropper level, like. Very, very rarely do the Bulldogs get a top 50 recruit. Uh, top 75 is like it's about as good as it gets in a lot of years. So uh, Sanders is right up there with some of the, the greats that have stayed home. Um, he had quite an impressive list of offers, included Oregon State, Arizona State, Cal, Colorado, uh, Washington, and Washington State both offered at one point. Um, Colorado State, Nevada, San Diego State, Utah State, all from the Mountain West. So um I mean, Sanders is a guy you figure is going to get on the field right away. I mean, I I probably see something like Cropper when he got here where he's doing kick returns and punt returns and taking jet sweeps and, you know, may not be the guy that's quite ready to start as a receiver, but just the guy you want to get the ball to and make some plays happen. So um, big-time get for Fresno State. Again, eight local recruits in this class, and he's the top ranked of the bunch and uh, ready to – I make an impact right away from everything I see. Yeah, uh, it should be should be fun to watch adding more weapons to the wide receiver core. Um, it's always a good thing. Uh, Fresno State lives and dies by the pass sometimes. So adding another weapon, not, uh, not a bad uh, idea. Of course, uh, in this class, we did receive, uh, it does look like there was three wide receivers, one of which is still waiting on signing. And I, I want to apologize for everyone. Everybody knows this, that listens to these podcasts. I'm horrible with names <laughs> I, and we'll just put it out there. So if, if I mispronounce somebody's name, forgive me, <laughs> I'm doing the best <laughs> I can. So the next wide receiver who is yet to sign for Fresno state is Jordan Malu Ulu uh, from long beach poly. And I think I nailed that one, Jackson. <laughs> but uh, he is de- one of the, one of two who is yet to sign with Fresno State. Uh, we're monitoring the situation right now to see if he does sign. Uh, but as of right now, still has not signed with the Bulldogs. And you still expect him to sign, right, Jackson? 
Yeah, he was a part of that big official visit weekend the Bulldogs had a couple weekends ago. And so um, you know, all indication is that he's still going to be a Bulldog. He's still committed. Um, he hasn't. Not yet. No. Yeah, he hasn't signed anywhere else, but he's he's committed to the dogs, and he's been committed since like February. He was like one or not quite February, uh, April May. He's when he committed. He is one of the first in this class who committed, and he's out of Long Beach Poly. It's like a super athlete. He played some receivers, some cornerback. I mean, Long Beach Poly is loaded, so um, you know it's not a spot where you're probably going to get a lot of stats when. You've got that much talent around you, um, but he was definitely spotted by the Bulldogs in the offseason on the camp circuits and uh, really identified as a priority target early. So uh, he committed early, and you know, we'll see if he signs. We're assuming he's going to, and um, you know, once he does, that gives the Bulldogs another really fast, dynamic type of athlete. He's 5'10", um, we've got him at 170. It's probably still pretty accurate. Sanders, um, while cropper like in his athleticism, is a really solid 6'1, 190. So uh, he's not going to be shy to take a hit here or there as a true freshman. Uh, Malaulu is a guy that maybe is a little more finesse with his size. And um, the other thing, I'll add that out there Sanders is also pretty darn good on the basketball court. Him and Kajavi are both in Vegas for a tournament right now. They got up and woke up at their hotel at 6 in the morning and <laughs> sent over their NLIs to Fresno State for the, the morning. So um, it's, it's a fun group of uh, these two freshman receivers that are coming in and um, excited to see them both uh, kind of get in the mix there. They're both guys that, um, you know, they have something that's in their game that could be utilized sooner rather than later. Maybe those two can walk on the basketball team. <laughs> you know, Fresno State does need a little help there. Uh, maybe they can come in and uh, after football is over, come in and help the basketball team a little bit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, as of right now, I'm still monitoring uh, to see if he has signed. He has yet to sign. Um, um, still to this point has not signed yet. If he signs during this podcast, I'll make sure that we uh, get right back to it. But as of right now, still not uh, officially made made it official with the Bulldogs. Next player on the list, another wide receiver, Kareem uh, McCune out of Monterey Peninsula College. And again, Fresno State not shy of picking up some wide receivers. They're trying to reload everything, right, Jackson? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of outside receivers at Fresno State. Jalen Moss, Magdalena, Josiah Freeman. Freeman had a, a nice, a really great play in the bowl game. I got to be right next to him when he made that one. Um, but you look at the slot receivers, and Eric Brooks is graduating. Jalen Gill's graduating. They're like the only two guys that played in the slot all year long. So the Bulldogs have some things to address there. And uh, Kareem McCune might be one of those guys. He played outside receiver in at junior college, but you watch his highlights, and he's just like speeding past guys and you know uh, making plays after the catch and the kinds of things you like in a slot receiver. So yeah, I got a hunch he's gonna be moving over. Um, we got to talk to him some. Uh, I want to get more in depth with him about exactly what he's doing in the offense, what they have planned for him. But I would expect that's kind of the idea for him coming in. Uh, had a good season this year. Um, interesting path. He comes from Michigan originally. Came out to California Bay-ish area for junior college and uh, had a good season this past year. Um, UNLV actually tried to get him last year. Um, I don't know if it was uh, – 
you know, eligibility, um, you know, with his degree and that kind of thing, or whatever reason he didn't end up with the Rebels this season. And uh, San Jose State was on him pretty hard this time around. So uh, the Bulldogs did have some Mountain West competition for him. And they were able to secure his commitment. And so uh, he's the other one that hasn't signed yet. I'm just seeing on Twitter right now or X uh, that uh, he has announced he will sign at 5.30 p.m. Uh, He's got a Bulldog emoji in that announcement. So all signs point to him uh, being signed by the end of the day. So those are the two that have not signed yet, uh-huh. and they're both wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is, yeah. So as soon as we have word on that, and of course you can always get up to date information over at thebarkboard.com, uh, where Jackson is going to be posting uh, more information on all of these recruits. So look for more uh, more stories to hit. I'm pretty sure Jackson's going to have a, a profile for each one of these players and breaking it down over at the Barkboard. So again. Make sure you head over there. If you're not a premium subscriber, you might want to be one. I mean, right now is a good time to do it as we're getting close to Christmas. You can still do it as a stocking stuff for people. Uh, I mean, you can still do it, and we still have some great deals, right, Jackson? Yeah, for signing day, it's 60% off for a whole year. So sign up. (laughs) It's cheap. It's like $3.58 a month for the year, and uh, you'll get all the scoop for the rest of the recruiting cycle for what just happened today for the bowl game. We got more insider stuff coming and you'll be covered all the way till signing day next year. So yeah. you'll get the whole 2024 VIP experience as well as uh, whatever's going on with this coaching staff. We'll be able to put some info out there for the VIPs as that develops. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of I've got something in the works. I'm thinking uh, we're, we might start doing uh, a, like you mentioned last podcast. We'll do a premium <laughs> version, uh, but it's not going to be the version everybody's thinking i'm thinking we may go more video than anything else so stay tuned for that as i am sitting here looking and trying to redesign my office into a (laughs) a video studio so i i'm already got i've got thoughts swirling so we'll see what we can come up with the other thing is that um as we go through these commits there's no transfers yeah and you're gonna expect to see quite a few transfers come fresno state's way so that's what's going to be the next step after the signing day they're going to hit the portal they're going to hit the junior college trail and that's going to be you know those are even more critical additions with guys that are expected to come here and play right away in most cases so i'm guessing next week we do a transfer portal (laughs) podcast uh this week is all players like jackson said all players that are signing with the bulldogs but are not coming from the transfer portal i'm pretty sure next week there's going to be some being announced, right, Jackson? Yeah, they're going to get into the portal here once they figure out the coaching situation. And, you know, right now, a lot of the guys that, you know, you used to see a natural transfer progression where players would go from maybe power five to group of five to get more playing time. Now it's going the opposite way. We got Fresno State backups going to power five schools, getting, I assume, some NIL money and just to kind of compete for a spot. Uh, Jalen Henderson was a fourth stringer at Texas A&M, and all of a sudden he's starting. Logan Fife's going to Minnesota. I, it's hard to imagine him starting, but he could get a shot there at, at some point. So, um, I, I think what's happening is we've getting the you know we've got these players now going to Power Five to get NIL money. Then you got the players that are at the Power Fives that are not getting any NIL money are coming back to <laughs> yeah. Fresno uh, and and want to play. So yeah. So right now you got this wave where the Power Five schools are kind of getting their pick, and then after signing day. 
I think Fresno State will start zeroing in on some guys that they can realistically get. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting. So I'm pretty sure we'll we'll have a podcast covering the transfer portal, uh, and we can further analyze the 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 ins and outs of the transfer portal because Jackson, I still get questions from mm-hmm. people about the transfer portal. I think we might need to have a a Jackson Moore 101 <laughs> session on the transfer portal. So uh, that's definitely something that we're going to have to uh, do a podcast about. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Next on the list we uh, for Fresno State commits and signing today is tight end Jace Nixon out of Liberty High School in Bakersfield, Jackson. Another local guy. I actually had the opportunity to watch him play uh, when he came to town. And uh, let's just say this this guy. I was I needed a ladder to do an interview with him. <laughs> He's that tall. <laughs> so, I, I, what's your overall thoughts on him, Jackson? Yeah, six five, two hundred twenty pounds. Um, he played quarterback for most of his career. Made the move to tight end this last year. So, still kind of new to the position. Uh, the Bulldogs like to find those guys that are athletically gifted maybe not quite developed at the position and develop them here and turn them try to turn them into (laughs) something even greater than they were on the recruiting trail um he's got an 81 rating by 24 7 sports he had one other offer from unlv uh the bulldogs they saw him on the camp circuit they didn't even wait to see him play any high school games they saw him camp as a tight end Uh, he hadn't played much tight end before that and they saw enough to give him an offer his very first offer uh, he's a coach's son at Liberty High School, um, so he's got a lot going for him, uh, a really good base level to work with, and you know, he's going to need some developing to, and still getting used to the position, but real tall, real long, real athletic, and a chance to really turn into something here at Fresno State, probably more of a receiving tight end. Um, I was also able to see some of him in person, and he did a lot of blocking for Liberty. You know, He didn't get a lot of touches uh, as far as – targets from his quarterback in that particular game but uh he seemed to be kind of feeling things out and knowing what he's doing at least <laughs> and so uh um excited to see what he's going to become at fresno state and again another local target who had other opportunities and um you know a piece you can build around yeah, I, I mean, this is going to be uh, interesting to see how they utilize him. I mean, he's he's not the typical build for a tight end. Uh, I mean, he like you said, he's he's tall, but he's lengthy. He's not built. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not the typical tight end. He, he almost looks like a wide receiver, mm. um, which could bode well, could bode badly for the Bulldogs, <laughs> depending on how they use them, right, Jackson? Yeah, and, you know, usually they have one guy that's more the receiving tight end, one guy that's more the blocking tight end, and they coexist. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he just naturally is that receiving tight end or if he's going to bulk up over a couple years and maybe he's more of a blocker. I, you know, he wasn't, like, super-duper, you know, he, he looks like a wide receiver, but he wasn't, you know, going one-on-one burning anyone on the outside either. So, yeah. um, you know, he, I think that he's got some balance to him as far as what he's athletically inclined to once his body fills out. Yeah. So we'll see how that one develops, uh, once he gets on campus, but right now kind of a, kind of a question mark, so to speak on, on how they were going to use Jace Nixon next on the, on the list here, offensive lineman, Marcel at Atkins, 
uh, or Aikens, depending on how you see it. <laughs> um, he is uh, from El Diamante in Visalia. Again, another local, uh, another local player, and good friends with Bryson Donaldson. So, uh, what's what's your overall assessment? Uh, assessment, uh, you know, obviously, offensive line Fresno State needs a lot of help with. Mm-hmm. Does he fit that mold? Yeah, you don't get many offensive linemen in the valley either. Uh, the ones that do come out of here often leave. Um, He's also from a school where you don't typically see D1 football recruits come out of. Um, I believe even with him on the roster, they were like 1-11 or something this year. 1-9, I'm pulling that up right now. Um, and to no fault of his own, I would say. It's, I mean, he's a pretty talented offensive lineman. Um, but a challenging path there. Um, but to get two in Visalia in one class is pretty neat. Um CVC's usually got a guy or two, but you don't see too many from the other schools. So to have one and to have him be a guy that wants to be home is a big deal. Uh, he had other offers, uh, Colorado State, Nevada, Utah State, Washington State all offered him. And he committed real early um, back in the summer. I uh, went to the Bulldogs camps. They got to see him in person, work with him a little bit. Uh, nice, tall, long, also no not i mean doesn't need to put much weight on he seems to be ready to go so um excited for him probably going to be a tackle at fresno state and uh just kind of more of a reserved guy i haven't heard him say a whole lot on the record been trying to get him for more interview opportunities hopefully we, we make that happen but um yeah i mean an overall good get as far as being local being talented highly regarded by 24 7 sports with an 85 rating other offers checks every box and um, the Bulldogs did not sign any high school lineman last year. So to get a guy like that this year kind of helps build that next wave for the roster. Yeah. And, uh, and it's definitely a position that the Bulldogs uh, were, were sorely lacking this past, this past season. Uh, we saw what happened when, uh, you know, some of the starters went down and the Bulldogs ended up having that three game losing streak. Uh, so it does, it does play a factor in how the Bulldogs are going to play this next season, and they need to find some help right away. So not only did they go out and pick up one player, but they picked up two high school uh, offensive linemen. They were able to pick up uh, as well Ethan Dasman uh, from El Dorado Hills High School in Oak Ridge, California. Again, more help on the offensive line, and how does he fit in, Jackson? Yeah, he he stands at... um He's from Northern California, um, so it kind of came out of nowhere in this class. We didn't even have a profile for him when he did commit to Fresno State. Um, I mean, was excited to see a little bit more about him once he did commit and learn about him. He also grades out pretty well. He got an 84 rating from 24-7 Sports in that three-star tier. Really nice size, 6'5", 280 we've got him listed at. Uh, got to see him. He was at a couple of the games this year. Looks the part. Um Kind of a, a burly guy. <laughs> he just looks like a guy that's going to be tough to push around in the line already as a high schooler coming into college. So um, excited to see him kind of develop and, and play out here. This one is one of those, uh, you know, you got to rely a bit on the Bulldog staff for doing their work because we did not have any other reported offers for him. So they really kind of went out there and 
uh, made that offer. And a lot of times when Fresno State offers someone, a whole bunch of other schools fly in and <laughs> come out of nowhere. Uh, as you mentioned, the Bulldogs have two linemen committed here, uh, but they had three other linemen officially visit recently that are not on our list right now. So they may not uh, be done yet. Might not be done. Um, we got those names reported on the VIP board. One of them committed to Arizona State, so he's off the board. Another one got like three new offers after he comes to Fresno State and, and got that offer. So um, I think this is still a priority for the Bulldogs. We may even see one by the end of the day. I'm not counting on it, but it could happen. And um, well, I think we'll see them continue to pursue that after uh, signing day through the next wave to February too. But um, we've got Dustman listed as a tackle. Um, he's got the size and length to be one and, We'll see exactly where both of these guys fit in. Um, Fresno State kind of has a history the last five years or so of getting six four, six five guys that play both tackle and guard, go back and forth over their Bulldog careers. So um, kind of a wait and see for both of these guys where they actually end up. But I think Ekins is definitely going to be a tackle. Definitely much needed help coming in for the offensive line. If they're able to pick up maybe uh, two more guys, I think that will help the depth chart uh significantly for the bulldogs uh so definitely one that we're we're gonna have to keep a close eye on us uh, to see if they're able to bring in some more players uh you know very hard these days to find offensive linemen uh, that's becoming the the unicorn so to speak mm-hmm. of college football offensive linemen um uh, but the next position, uh, defensive end. Um, again, Bulldogs have always been good in on the defensive line, so to speak, but could use a little bit of a reload, right, Jackson? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they went out and picked up a couple of players. Uh, first one, uh, Damarian White from Granite Hills High School in El Cajon, San Diego. So they picked up a player from Southern California in San Diego. And uh, uh, how does he, how is he shaping up, up to be for the Bulldogs here? Yeah, and not just the guy from San Diego, but a guy who officially visited San Diego State, <laughs> left that visit and said, I'm a Bulldog <laughs> within 24 hours. So uh, Demarion White, he is Fresno State's currently top-ranked commit in the entire class, just a little bit ahead of Marshall Sanders. Um, he's number 63 in California. He's almost a top 50 defensive end nationally by 24-7 sports. Also has that 87 rating. Uh, tall, long, 6'4", 215. Uh, he might be a little bit heavier than that, what we've got him at right now. But um, that's kind of the DNs Fresno State's going to look for, the athletic type, the kinds that can get off the edge and play from a stand-up sometimes. And um, So he's going to fit that role. And uh, the Bulldogs like to play linemen early. They'll play 8-12 to 12 linemen, as we've seen in games this year. So wouldn't be surprised if he plays rather early and – He's got the resume to do it. Um, aside from being ranked as high as he did, again, it came down to Fresno State and San Diego State there at the end. And what made me nervous is that, of course, Fresno State playing in the bowl game couldn't host official visits that weekend, so they did it all before the bowl. Then he went to San Diego State after. Sometimes you get that second vi- that last visit. It's kind of the one that oftentimes seals the deal if it, you do it in that kind of order. But he listened to everything San Diego State had to say and decided he didn't want to stay home. He wanted to come here instead. So a good one for the Bulldogs. And before it came down to Fresno State, San Diego State, he did have offers from Arizona. He took an official visit there. Oregon State, he also took an official visit with the Beavers in the summer. 
Arizona State, Cal, Washington, Washington State all offered him uh, during the course of his recruitment, uh, as did San Diego State, of course. So did Nevada. Um, I know in September he told us that Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State were his top three, and um, Fresno State really was the one team that stuck through it. And if you go to BarkBoard.com or you look up his 24-7 profile, you can see our story about his commitment. Just totally gave uh, Jethro Franklin like the greatest recommendation ever. <laughs> he's talked about how Franklin was basically the reason he's coming here for a lot of ways. Uh, he said Franklin was the one re- coach that really stuck with him, recruiting him consistently. He was the one coach that uh, – he said he wished White good luck before his big game. That was the only co- coach that reached out to him, wished him a happy birthday or his mom had, like did all these things. It's just really the the little things that that made the big difference for the Bulldogs here. So uh, he's a, one of the premier commits in the class, and uh, we'll see if it backs that up with how he plays on the field here at Fresno State. Yeah, it's uh you know definitely a good story to hear that um, where he decided that. Uh, he didn't want to stay in San Diego and he wanted to come here. Of course, you know, I don't blame him. I mean, the San Diego state is, uh, right now in a, a little bit of turmoil, so to speak on, uh, their coaching turnover and, uh, don't really have a clear picture yet as to which direction they're going. Right, Jackson. Yeah. They're putting that staff together. Um, it's a big change from what San Diego state's done in the past. Uh, Eric Schmidt, Fresno state's former defensive line coach has actually been hired as their defensive coordinator, uh, he was with DeBoer at Washington the last couple of years. So um, job number one for him is to get rid of the 3-3-5 that San Diego State runs, and they're going to be a 4-2-5 defense now. So they'll be a little more, uh, I don't want to say traditional, but everyone seems to be running 4-2-5 <laughs> these days. So kind of, I guess, the word to use. Um, offense is going from that smash mouth run to spread it out circus-style offense. So... <laughs> They're going to be a totally different program, and uh, White decided he would rather go with the sure thing here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch his progression as he he's completely sold on the Bulldogs. So he uh, he's one of those players that could be a game changer on defense if he uh, if utilized correctly. So we'll see how that happens. Uh, in on next on the list, another defensive end, Auckland Asiata. Um, from Sutter High School, uh, again, uh, adding more depth to that defensive end position or defensive line position, wherever you want to stick them. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure the, these guys can be versatile at any position on the line. So uh, what's what's your overall um, thoughts on him? Yeah, he's an interesting recruit. He committed real early to the Bulldogs. Uh, got to see him at Fresno State's camp. He made it into town and um, really he's got good feet. Kind of good coordination. Um, he's strong, six foot two, two forty. Um, he reports I'm looking at right here a squat of over five hundred pounds. He cleans over three thirty. He's benching three sixty five. He's got some big old hands and a big wingspan. So there's a lot to work with here. I think you know I'm always looking first what kind of separates someone. And one thing I noticed at that camp was that him and his mom were walking around with this big old bag of cherries. And they delivered it right to Coach Tedford. And <laughs> yeah, I, I guess there's, uh, I think there's some family farm or something there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you just, you think about a, a 17 year old recruit who's getting all this attention, and 
someone who's humble enough to, to bring do, something to, do to something. the coach this time. Yeah, you don't, you don't see. I mean, usually they're going to, well, what can I get? Uh-huh. You know, what kind of pictures are you going to take of me? And, you know, the, this family really wanted to show their gratitude and appreciation for Coach Tedford and the staff for what they've done for him, even as a recruit. And now he signed officially, so they sealed the deal. Um, the other thing, you look at his offers, and it's a interesting list. It's not all those Power 5 schools I mentioned for white, but it is Columbia, Dartmouth, Pennsylvania, Princeton. <laughs> I mean, Brown, all those service academies wanted him. UNLV did offer, but, I mean, this is a an Ivy League type of kid as well who – wants to play football out of Fresno state. So uh, the Bulldogs do like to try to seek out some of those guys that have that type of character behind them and the academics behind them. And uh, he, uh, he checks a lot of boxes again, not a huge D one mountain West recruit just had the two offers from those schools, but uh, the guy they feel like they really hit on and probably a guy where if so many scholarships weren't going to transfers these days would have been one of those that had a lot more interest. Yeah, and so, yeah, the, the, we still are are showing a a, a little bit of the uh, after effects of COVID, but I think we're almost hitting the tail end of that now, where some of these players were kind of left off the radar. Uh, he may be one of the last of those to happen. Um, Fresno State may have lucked out on on picking up uh, a player uh, such as him, but we'll see what happens here in the future on how he develops. But again. Uh, with the you know the Fresno State really heavily focusing on defense looks like the, in this recruiting class because now the next position uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into the linebackers position and Fresno State did pick up another local star uh, Logan Stute out of Buchanan High School and of course uh, I've had a chance to to watch him play I don't know if you did Jackson this year but uh, he is definitely the heart and soul of that defense for uh, Buchanan yeah. High School. And uh, they pretty much lived and died with his performance. Yeah, I remember we saw him, I believe it was before his junior year. They had a little camp. <laughs> that at, little camp, Clovis, yes. Uh, for all the Clovis hey, schools came out. And hey, before then, Jackson and I didn't really know who he was. <laughs> yeah. We kind of looked at each other and went, wow, who's this kid? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just tall. I mean, ripped already. Not even a junior yet at yep. that time. And like the fastest, most athletic kid at the whole camp. And it's like, all right. We got to find out who this is and <laughs> yeah. learn more about this guy. And the offers came just like a couple of months later at some camps as it, before his junior year. Yeah. Other coaches saw what we saw and yeah. said, yeah, let's find out about that kid. Let's get that kid an offer. And, um, yeah, I mean, just a really impressive athlete. Uh, and then watching him play as well, just totally flies to the ball. Sure. Tackler. Um, you know, he's got good speed for being such a guy that's ripped. You almost wonder, you know, yeah. if you get a little stiff if you get too big. But, I mean, he's also um, very athletic too. So, um, I mean, again, a, a big land for Fresno State. He had a rating that was just behind Marshall Sanders at 86, uh, just a couple spots behind him in the California rankings at 88. He had some impressive offers that included Cal, Washington, Washington State, one of those first offers was from Coach Inge, who um, was, of course, Fresno State's defensive coordinator and whose son was a teammate at Buchanan with Stute. And so the Huskies came in and offered him real early, but fortunately the Bulldogs were the team that really stuck with him through his recruitment. They had the ace in their pocket with 
Jaden Mandel. The two of them have been good buddies for a long, long time. There's a picture or video of Stute and Mandel at Valley Children, well, then Bulldog Stadium. They're like, they look like they're maybe six years old or something, eight, ten, <laughs> something, I don't know, but they're rooting on the Bulldogs. So uh, excited to see him join Mandel and uh, a, a true Bulldog born, Bulldog bred recruit who had a strong list of offers, who had a very good rating, who had a solid high school career and is ready to contribute for the Bulldogs. Um, so a big time get for Fresno State, and they were also able to make sure he signed today. Yeah, and uh, and he is definitely going to be a good fit for the Fresno State linebacker position. Almost, uh, I, I'm almost thinking he may even challenge for a spot, Jackson, right away, uh, just by the, his sure ability that he has. Um, could he have the possibility to do that next year? You know, this next year, um, the Bulldogs are going to have to replace Lavelle Bailey, and they've got some guys that have played. Phoenix Jackson's done a really good job the last few weeks or this back half of the season. Um, but there's going to be like three linebackers in the depth chart next year that are going to be seniors. So by the time Stute and also Titus Kajavi, our redshirt freshman, there's going to be spots to fill. <laughs> so if they're not already in that mix as true freshmen, uh, they might be asked to be those guys just a year later. Yeah, uh, so that's going to be going to be fun to watch his development because uh, I mean you've heard both Jackson and I we're gushing over this kid, so uh, he's he should be one of those uh, playmakers that joins the Bulldogs at that linebacker position. The next player, of course, uh, another linebacker, another local kid. Uh, <laughs> here we go with the names. So uh, Titus. Kajavi. Did I get that? Kajavi. God, man. <laughs> I, I tried earlier and I thought I had it, but I, I screwed it up again. Uh, Titus Kajavi, um, linebacker out of Clovis West High School. Again, uh, another, uh, you know, great player who's going to come in at the linebacker position who may have the ability to even switch around to another position, Jackson. So what's your latest latest thoughts on him? Yeah, one of the games I did see Stute play was against Clovis West, <laughs> so I got to see Stute and Kajavi play all game long, and that was fun. Uh, the cool part about Kajavi is that he plays some running back, some fullback kind of stuff, and he was pretty good at it. I mean, he made some like touchdown-creating blocks <laughs> on offense, which was pretty neat. Um, but the real fun part was watching Kajavi get the ball and Stute tackling him, <laughs> and then Stute <laughs> giving him a pat on the head afterwards. <laughs> and you know, the sportsmanship between those two future teammates, you could definitely see whenever they met head to head. I'd say, as excited as I am about Stute's physical and athletic ability, I'm equally excited about Kajavi's mentality and emotion. And you watch this guy play, I mean, he is it's like feels wrong to say these days, but just like nasty. Like <laughs> it's got such a, a got mean streak. streak to him. Yeah. It's like not praised, I guess it feels like these days <laughs> the way that right. it used to be. Um, you know, you don't want to go overboard of course. And you know, they try to rein those stuff, those things in, but man, I mean, he, he will hit you and he will let you know about it. And, <laughs> take it all the way to the edge of that line from what i saw so yeah, kind of like ronnie lott huh? yeah, so <laughs> he's got it and uh, i mean he has the athletic ability to back it up he's pretty similarly framed as stute uh, not quite as um 
you know, the, the, the biceps maybe aren't as busting out of his, his jersey sleeves quite the same <laughs> way Stu is, but uh, it's got some kind of natural strength to him. Uh, a guy that, while his name is not one, probably that Bulldog fans have seen, he has some relatives that have played at Fresno State. So uh, when the Bulldogs came around, that was real important to him. Uh, Fresno State identified him in the summer. They loved him. They were first off for him. He committed right away. Done deal. No other schools got involved. Uh, he had kind of a, a growth spurt and a, a talent spurt over his sophomore and junior years. And Coach Skipper was the guy that really loved Kajavi and got on him recruiting-wise and, and brought him in real quick. So uh, I think for different reasons, Stute and Kajavi are both very intriguing. And um, I, I think probably the one area where they both – need to make sure they connect to be successful is that if the Bulldogs are going to keep running a four, two, five, you do have to be pretty fast at linebacker at Fresno state. Not to say these guys are slow by any means, but you know, when I think of them both, I'm thinking hard hitting strong. So I don't necessarily know if we'll see both of them on the field together. They, they kind of are similar, um, but they could both be that real thumper, that guy that is going to, stop that third and short run. And um, again, as I mentioned earlier, Stute really flies to the ball too. So um, it'll just be interesting to see kind of how they fit into that college scheme uh, with the type of skill sets they have. Yeah. It should be interesting to see if they do eventually get on the field at the same time. Uh, one, two punch on defense um, could be interesting to watch uh, as they develop uh, once they hit campus to uh, Fresno state. Now, um, you know, when Fresno State this year decided they were going to go out and, and reload everything, I mean, like I said, they were defensive heavy. And that's an understatement because the next four players, they're all cornerbacks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, it, obviously, they, they had a key position in mind that they wanted to reload, right, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, this year you think, I mean, Braylon Lux gets kicked off the team in the spring and then Cam Lockridge gets hurt early in the year. And now you're like, whoa, we're like one injury away from trouble. <laughs> yeah. And kudos to Fresno State. Carlton Johnson gets hurt on the first play of the New Mexico Bowl game. So now you got Julian Neal in there who hasn't played a lot. And he played great. I mean, the New Mexico State had like 58 passing yards. So yeah, uh, crisis was averted. But, I mean, it, the cornerback room got very thin. So um, they're going to add some guys in this class. And a, a Juco addition is going to be a, a big one for next year, too. Yeah, so uh, the first player on the uh, on that list of uh, cornerbacks, Loyal Muzan. I, what, I, I don't know if I said that right. Jackson and I had a debate, but I think that's what we came up with. Uh, Loyal Muzan from Millican High School in Long Beach, California. Uh, so it's going to be one of those players who's going to come in and try and fill one of those positions. Uh, so what's your overall thoughts on him? Yeah, he's got a strong resume. He's a guy that was really highly regarded kind of earlier on and then kind of got, I mean, some separation from some of those schools that were on him early. Maybe they filled their spots and, and weren't on him as heavily anymore. And Fresno State made a real big push in October, got him on a visit for a game, kind of sealed the deal real quick. And he came for an official uh, in December as well to make everything, <laughs> check all the final boxes. But he had an offer from Arizona State. Washington State offered him. San Diego State and Utah State both wanted him. Back in June, he took official visits to UConn and Colorado State. So, I mean, a lot of schools wanted him. Fordham offered as well. It's a pretty prestigious offer as far as smaller schools go. 
Um, and he decided on Fresno State he's going to play cornerback. I know we had him listed as athlete. He's done a lot of different stuff over there in a competitive area in Long Beach. Uh, 85 rating, um, one of the higher-rated commits in this class. So uh, he's going to work to to fit in at cornerback. And, uh, again, jobs are going to be up for grabs pretty quickly. Um, the Bulldogs are not going to have Carlton Johnson back next year, but they should get Cam Lockridge back thanks to an injury redshirt. And um, they've got Azillian Hamilton and Julian Neal and basically no one else who's played snaps after that. So uh, there's a lot of opportunities for uh, guys to play next year and Muzan on paper would be first in line to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, so first and uh, first in line out of the uh, recruiting class that yeah, we have as far so far as the ratings, he's going to be the highest rated cornerback coming well, in. Well, you never know. Some of these guys could, you yeah. know, the ratings are, don't yeah. mean anything sometimes. <laughs> uh, we have learned that in the, in the past. So they've got three more cornerbacks coming into this one. The next one on the list would be Jordan, Piero out of Clovis West High School. Again, another player you got a chance to watch. And what's your overall thoughts on him? Yeah, I was, when I followed Clovis West, you know, I was looking at Sanders. I was looking at Landon Wright, who um, actually, I don't know. I assume he signed with Washington State today. He's been committed there all this time. Um, but those were kind of the guys I was looking at. And Jordan Piero was also a three-star recruit, but kind of like uh, the afterthought, you know, to, for lack of better words. And then I saw him at a camp, and I'm like, all right, this guy's not an afterthought. This guy, <laughs> he's a lot more put together than I thought. You know, he's a, a lot more, he's been a lot more time in the weight room. And when he was at the camp, he's wearing like a skin-tight tank top type jersey thing, not wearing all the pads. And you just see the arms, the definition, the muscles. I mean, ready to compete right away. And, I mean, he was doing a fantastic job at the camp. Um, just great coverage, all camp long over at Sacramento State really impressed and then they got him to the Fresno State camp and he's uh, committed pretty much on the spot over there they treated him real special that day and uh, again the guy that he played receiver there um, when I went to watch him play he was at safety and I thought he was doing a really good job at safety but his size and athleticism probably better fit for cornerback at the next level so He's going to have some flexibility um, maybe to play either position, maybe a nickelback or something. He's got some versatility to him when you see that many cornerbacks. He's probably the guy that's most athletically able to move around if there's a log jam. Um, so I'm excited about him. Again, a guy that um, stayed home over other offers. Uh, San Diego State wanted him. BYU wanted him. He took a visit over there at one point in the summer. Um, but the Bulldogs were able to, to lock that down a bit early over the summer and keep him uh, signed through signing day. So five uh, ten, you know, like one seventy ish. I think he's going to be solid. Okay, so yeah, so that is the third cornerback, and of course, um, the the next, or actually, that was the second quarterback uh, cornerback. Uh, the third cornerback. Again, another local high school player. I actually got to watch him play a little bit, uh, and that's Keontre Harris from Lamore High School, um, and um, definitely one of those players that stood out when I was watching him play against Tulare Union, um, and uh, is I believe he's going to be another one of those uh, sleeper talents coming in uh, at the cornerback position, Jackson. What's your overall thoughts on him? Yeah, that's exactly my thoughts, and Again, when you're looking at recruits and 
I mean, drafts, fantasy drafts, you know, all these things. You're kind of looking at two guys. You're looking at one who is kind of guaranteed to be a certain amount of good, but maybe that's where a ceiling is. And then a guy that maybe isn't as ready, but could blossom into something even better than the guaranteed guy. So you kind of gamble on some of them. And Keontre Harris, I think, is a guy that is not as highly regarded as other recruits in the class, but has the body and the frame and the athleticism to surpass those types of players over the course of his college career. Uh, there was a time in his sophomore year, as Gabe Camrio documented for us, where he, I mean, he just stopped playing football. <laughs> and he, he stepped away and kind of had to be convinced to come back. And so a guy that's not been at all these camps and been football 24-7, but when he has been out there, he's been very impressive. He's 6'1". He's real long and tall for a cornerback. Uh, he's got a good mentality to him now that he's kind of settled in and dedicated himself to football. And there was a time where he did have a good list of offers. Washington State, San Diego State, Utah State were all offering him, wanting him. Montana offered him as well. Uh, Fresno State got in a little bit early, backed away, and then made a big push right before signing day a couple weeks ago. Uh, decided to really say, all right, your offer's good. And he said, thank you very much. I'm taking it <laughs> pretty much. Uh, that's about how fast it went, it seems like. So um, kind of an unexpected local addition, but a guy that – again, um, could really turn into something here. So one of those high upside players, and we'll see uh, how short or, or how long it takes him to potentially reach that kind of uh, ability. Yeah, this is, uh, I, again, I, I got a chance to watch him, and I, I truly believe he's going to be one of those sleeper type of players uh, where, he, you know, his his overall potential is not, uh, you know, not completely realized yet. And people are are not quite sure exactly how good this kid is. And I agree with him. I, I think this kid could develop to be something special uh, if given the right circumstances. So watch out for this player. Uh, the last of the cornerbacks, uh, Jakari Embry from Golden West College in Huntington Beach. Uh, this is going to be one of those Juco pickups, Jackson. Um, so, uh, you know, what have you been able to get assessed so far on him? Yeah, he's one who is probably the least known in this class, and uh, we did not have a profile for him. He actually was committed for a few days, I believe. <laughs> I, mean, I, I found out he was officially visiting, but um, I think he'd already committed beforehand, and uh, that was exclusive VIP stuff for a while. Um, he's actually from Alabama originally. He went to high school in Alabama in Gadsden and uh, came out to California for junior college and has played a couple seasons over there at Golden West and became, I mean, I don't know if he has any other offers. <laughs> He's been pretty quietly recruited. Uh, even Fresno State's recruitment of him was pretty quiet. Um, he's got a couple of like Houston Christian and uh, Missouri State. He's got a handful of FCS offers, but pretty much flew under the radar. And uh, not a guy who has a lot of interceptions on his resume either, so a guy that most junior colleges avoided throwing to in the first place. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, he comes in kind of as a wild card, and if he can get on that depth chart and compete right away, I mean, that's huge because the Bulldogs need cornerbacks that can compete right away. I think um, we'll see maybe if he pushes for 
Hamilton or if he, uh, if Cam Lockridge isn't able to go in the spring, maybe that's more reps for him to make an impression as an early enrollee. So, um, again, cornerback depth was an issue, and they've locked in on Embry to be the potential guy to, to be the, the fill-in for next year. So um, definitely one to watch in the spring to see if he realizes that vision or not. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it, it's gonna be interesting to see because, like you said, he was not a player that was on our radar. We had no clue who he was, and uh, so we haven't been able to really do much homework on him yet. Uh, so, uh, and I, I'm gonna be honest with everybody, that doesn't happen very often. So, uh, so for Jackson to be surprised, uh, there may be something happening in the the the, the stars and moons have aligned somehow because Jackson didn't know about it. So watch out. Jackson's going to do his homework on it, and we'll be able to kind of get that information for you as it develops. Last but not least on this recruiting class, Jackson is at the safety position. Of course, this is going to be a position that's going to need to be uh, reloaded again uh, with some players departing Fresno State, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the last player on the, the list is, and and forgive me if we, if I pronounce this wrong, Jarius. Jarius Grimes from Castile High School in Queen Park, uh, Queen Creek, Arizona. Uh, and so what do you know about this guy, Jackson? Yeah, he's got an interesting recruitment. Uh, he didn't sign. He committed to Northern Arizona in the summer, pretty close to home. And like a couple of weeks later, Kansas State offers. <laughs> and so you go from committed to FCS to a Big 12 offer. I mean, you don't see that very often. And I don't think Kansas State was still active as of late, but San Diego State also offered him, as did Fresno State a couple months ago. And so um, Grimes kind of opened things up, and he came to Fresno State for a game, liked what he saw, took his official visit, decided to commit. And so, uh, I mean, Fresno State executed their flip pretty quickly over northern Arizona, and it worked out just the way they wanted it to. Uh, he had a few other offers, Air Force, Army, um, Fordham offered him too. So uh, one of the lower-rated recruits in the class, he's still a three-star. He's at 81. Uh, he's projected to come in at safety, so he's not going to be one of those cornerbacks like all the other DBs coming in. And um, But, again, if Kansas State's coming after you, San Diego State's coming after you, the rest of the state's coming after you, you got you got to be pretty dang good, so – uh, and again, a position where they just signed, um, well, he's going to have some opportunities because they signed two last year and then Ramirez ends up going to running back. Um, Stephen Comstock is graduating. Um, Krishan Gordon has left the program through the portal. So the safety room is thinning out a little bit and there's not as many underclassmen as there usually is. So uh, he's going to have a path to earn some roles sooner rather than later too uh, if he lives up to what they're thinking. Yeah, it's uh, definitely they're going to need to figure out uh, who the next man up is going to be at the safety position. So he's going to get an opportunity to come in and compete right away uh, at that position unless Fresno State already has uh, some sort of a plan already in place for the safety position. Um, But uh, this is definitely... You know, it rounds out our our recruiting class. So next, the Bulldogs are going to start evaluating what is, are the other needs that are still need to happen at Fresno State, and they're going to start hitting that that transfer portal, Jackson. And I'm pretty sure that's going to start happening more and more. Uh, maybe possibly we may have enough for a podcast next week about it. Um, 
But as players leave uh, and hit the transfer portal, more openings are going to be opened up for the Bulldogs, right, Jackson? So that's going to give the Bulldogs even more opportunity to kind of fill some spots. Yeah, the Bulldogs had um, 13 seniors officially on this roster, and um, they signed 14 so far. should be 16 by the end of the day, hopefully, if that works out. So um, they they matched it up pretty well as far as the numbers go. Now they're at about seven scholarship departures, so that opens up another about five spots. And um, it's very likely here now that the bowl game has passed, you're going to see more players hit the portal uh, some of those guys that uh, don't have good odds to play much next year probably look for other places. So uh, those spots are going to open up, and the Bulldogs are going to be looking to fill them with more immediate impact players, um, maybe a couple more high schoolers, but largely junior college and transfer portal is going to be the path from here on out. And kind of the guys that are still on the, the board that are available after signing day are going to be the more attainable ones that they can start making a push for. Now, Jackson, we're already over an hour for our <laughs> podcast. We were going to try and touch a little bit upon the transfer portal. I think we're just going to save that for next week for a whole transfer portal podcast because um, I'm pretty sure we'll have plenty of uh, plenty to talk about. But before we wrap things up, we, we, we did want to spend a little time on the recent bowl game that Fresno State got to play. And, uh, you know, I'll be one of the first to admit, both Jackson and I kind of have a little bit of egg on our face. Um, <laughs> we both predicted a Fresno State loss. Uh, I'm man enough to admit that on the podcast. Um, I just, I was having a hard time believing Fresno State had been able to remedy all of its issues that it had in the three-game losing streak. And I think you kind of felt the same way. Yet they came out and played a spectacular game, Jackson. Yeah, they did. You know, I thought even if they did remedy things, New Mexico State, I mean, they were on a roll. <laughs> they, play, they were playing good football. <laughs> they had just dominated Auburn on the road a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I'm thinking even if they do remedy things, they might fall short against this team. They might be that good. And it was the total opposite. I mean, the Bulldogs <laughs> just pushed them around. They're, that first drive, New Mexico State's quarterback ran for like 35 yards, and I'm thinking – all right, here we go. <laughs> Fourth one of these in a row. Yep. And Jacob, well, first, I don't know if the TV broadcast caught it. I was there at the game, and it's third down, and the sideline for the Bulldogs starts chanting defense, defense, <laughs> the players. <laughs> and Jacob Holmes sacks the quarterback and gets them out of field goal range. And it just felt like once that play happened, it was all Bulldogs all the time from that point on. Yeah. Even the time when New Mexico State scored, they had – in like four third down conversions that were like barely reaching the marker. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, it was just a, a strong showing on all sides of the ball and uh, just total kudos to coach Skipper for getting the guys ready. Uh, they all seem to really love him. I mean, they were chanting his name as he's lifting the trophy at the same time. He took no credit for what happened. He <laughs> gave all the credit and all the put, tried to get all the attention back to the players for what they did. And I mean, Mikey Keene looked maybe his best he had all season. The line protected him and let him do that. Um, there were some couple of spectacular catches by the receivers. Josiah Freeman had a big one. Um, the defense was flying all over the place. I mean, looked every bit as good, if not better, than the team that was 8-1 and one at one point. And, yeah. Uh, on some levels, again, it makes you scratch your head. What the heck happened? On the other hand, does it answer some things? Were they that hurt and that worn down? You don't know. It's a good feel good to finish the season, and it still leaves you wondering 
<laughs> where, where was this team? <laughs> what the hell happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was sitting there watching, and I'm thinking, oh, he, he, wow, they're they're looking good. And I'm then I started thinking, oh crap, now Jackson and I are going to have to eat some crow uh, because they were not only did they play well, but they were pretty much dominant from one point of mm-hmm. the game till the end. Um, and it, I agree with you; it looked like the same team that we saw early on in the season, who was pretty on it um all all year long um but then you know the three game losing streak was a shell of themselves uh, and i you know i'm i'm with you what was the key issue was it injuries was it just being burnt out what was it because it, it was a complete 180 from what we saw in the last three games defense was playing well and flying all over the place and the offense was actually moving the ball <laughs> so Again, what, what what was the difference? Tedford wasn't there. Was that it? I don't think so. But I think it was just the players maybe wanting to win for Tedford and uh, maybe just um, having a chance to kind of rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes we just need a little break, right, Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can we do? I remember being at the San Diego State game and just seeing the defense just not being physically able to keep them from getting those three or four yards. Like again, they weren't giving up many huge plays, but just death by a thousand paper cuts type of thing. And they just couldn't (laughs) prevent it. And yeah, this game, they not only were able to do that, but they were the aggressors. They're in the backfield. They're flying all over the place. So I I think that front seven must've been injured and worn down and uh, they got to heal and, be themselves again. Yep. And I think Mikey Keene was probably more messed up than we realized and that he also got healthy and yeah. looked a lot better and just got his confidence back. Yeah. It's, I, it's still, it, it, there's still some level where you feel like <laughs> 50% of the team that uh, you, you take the performance the Bulldogs had in that bowl game and like cut it in half and you still think that team should be able to beat New Mexico and San Diego state. Right. So, right. I uh, don't know. It's, it was, it we're was, all going to be left wondering, I think about what, what we experienced from Boise to the bowl game. It was an aberration. Um, <laughs> and so hopefully next year they can get some of that sorted out, especially with some of the key players coming in for the, for some key positions. Uh, hopefully they can address some of that in the transfer portal. Like I said, we're going to do another podcast next week. We'll address transfer portal players who are leaving players who are potential targets, things like that. Look out for that. And, uh, and as well, look out for a premium, uh, let's just call it a vidcast uh, from Jackson and I, as I start to work through those details. Um, now, Jackson, any final thoughts uh, that you want to share uh, before we hop off here? Yeah, just make sure you head over to BarkBoard.com. We'll have profiles on all the commits. Um, we'll have links as well to all of our uh, insider interviews that we've had over the course of the season with those recruits. Um, you'll see video interviews with a lot of the locals that we've got uh, accumulated and uh, some of the phone call interviews we've had that are exclusive VIP members. Again, at 60% off for a year right now. It's just 358 per month if you want to join that way. Um, and uh, you'll not only see that immediately, but um, you'll have uh, we'll have more interviews coming with some of the newer commits over the next week or two and um, some more breakdowns about this class. And also, we've got basketball coverage going on right now. Um, had a bit of a heartbreaker on Monday. and uh, I don't want to relive that one. <laughs> 
Uh, hopefully they get some momentum going before conference. Mountain West is just going crazy right now. Could be a four bid league, some are projecting. So uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, high-level teams coming into the Save Mart Center over January and Mar- uh, February. Uh, should make for some, some fun environments. And uh, yeah, just be sure to stay tuned to Barkford.com. Um, as because signing day is so prevalent and that bowl game was just a few days ago uh, there's still some more bowl coverage we've got coming um, some of the behind the scenes stuff for VIP members so uh, just keep staying tuned to barkboard.com and season's over but it never stops at barkboard maybe for a few days for the holidays but <laughs> other than that there's going to be a lot coming over the next few weeks <laughs> just long enough for Jackson and I to just kind of digest our, our, our holiday meals so uh, I, I mean I don't know, Jackson, you up for a podcast next week. I know it's going to yeah. be right after Christmas, uh, right before New Year's. So it could be our last podcast of the year. So, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely put one on um, and get that going and then uh, and then get you set up for next year. Uh, like Jackson said, it never ends over here at the Barkboard. So we keep things rolling. So that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at RedWaveReport. If you haven't done so already, head over to Facebook. Uh, We've got a community of 8,000 plus strong. um, So be a part of that conversation. And as always, head over to thebarkboard.com where we have both free and premium subscriptions uh, so that you can get your latest Fresno State Bulldog fix. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.